Hey, I have a um I have a not really game related question, but kind of game related question for you, Josh, as okay. we welcome you back into the plank show. Top five stories today here in moments as we are on the road at Cavens Group. Uh Cole Kublik is on the broadcast tonight. He's the sideline reporter for ESPN. Cole is another one of those guys that I've done radio with for probably three years now that I've never met in person. <laughs> so it's like Arnie and I have done radio for 11 years together, and I've never met him in purpose. That might be on purpose. But you, you know what the first thing Cole asked me about? He asked me about Tawi Walker. I found that to be fascinating. He's And I, I don't know why. Maybe he was just looking at numbers and watching. He's a big film watcher. Uh, but just I, I, I was kind of taken aback by it. He goes, is is – Tawi on scholarship? I was like, no. He's like, it's, what's going on there? I was like, he's in the portal. And he he's not on scholarship. He's like, he's impressive on tape. I'm like, yeah, he's a walk-on, not on scholarship, and he's in the portal. And his only response was, wow. So I know we have our feelings about anyone who has that walk-on in front of their name. Um, But... Is, is there more to this story? Is there something there? Maybe you had the one-game suspension that took place. and I know I know everyone has their different sources that they believe in. Some of you all have decided to tune you out with your sources because you're so incredibly wrong all the time. But I can't even give you credit for the one time you're right. Uh, I know Parker's got some incredible intel on this, uh, and he's coming up next here with Steelman. And I know it's not a major story, but how come – that wasn't able to materialize into something more, I don't know, long. Do they just not, is there a long term future more in the guys like Tatum and then Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk that even though he was impressive and even though he, I thought, looked like the best running back on the team this year, I mean, is there more to this story? Is there something deeper there? It's a good question. And now with. Seth Luttrell having the reins here and Joe John Finley having the reins is Tommy Walker's mind definitively made up that he's gone. I mean, guys have gone to the portal and, and come back. So mm-hmm. is that an option for Oklahoma or for Tawi? I, 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 I mean, is there even a scholarship waiting for him? Does he enter the portal and then come back when there's not a scholarship waiting? And if Javante Barnes is healthy, which again, I, I don't know if we're magically going to start seeing him a lot more tonight. But it's it's one of the weirder stories that, you know, when you really think about the 2023 season, it's kind of one of those weirder stories. It's uh, and, he's, and, he's, and he's supposed to play tonight, and he's in the portal. It's an interesting question, too, because depending upon – and feel free to throw programs or landing spots my way – to play the hypothetical game here, but I could maybe make an argument that being a walk-on for one more year at Oklahoma in the SEC, if Tommy Walker had a legitimate assurance that he's going to be a legitimate part of the rotation next right. year, he he might serve himself better to stay as a walk-on at Oklahoma, depending on what the landing spot looks like. But, look, to me, he's a scholarship guy. I don't think there's sure. any doubt about that. He's proven that over the course of this season. So I wouldn't blame him one bit for feeling mm. like there's a greener patch or where there's a scholarship opportunity. Well, I, I was just – I found it interesting that whenever we started diving into just our, our note comparison, 
Uh, the first name he brought up was Tawi Walker. He's like, what's going on there? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. All right, um, let's get the top five stories of the day because there's a lot that we need to get to. And as always, it's brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. You heard the man where real gamers come to play. We were out there yesterday, had a good time. Um, OTB is up and running. I was, I always go by and I like to, I like to pick a number every now and then. I'll look at the racing form and whenever I realize that I'm not any good at picking horses, I'm like, let's pick the six horse. Let's just let's go with the five. He looks good. And it's funny because there were two dudes that were sitting there at the OTB at Newcastle Casino that I could tell they knew what they were talking about. And as I'm sitting there going, I'm going to go with the six, I saw them pick an exacta. I didn't see the numbers. And as soon as it was done, they high five. And I'm like, I need to be smart like those guys. You can be smart. Get to their OTB. Check out all the great deals they have at Newcastle Casino. NewcastleCasino.com. We're real gamers. Go to play. All right. Big story, uh, big story number five. Number five. Josh, we had a chance to talk about this a little bit yesterday, but now we've had, I don't know, maybe almost 24 hours to talk about it and, and, and hear everyone give their opinion. What did you make of Russell Wilson getting benched by the Denver Broncos? I, I don't get it. You know, if you had a young quarterback that you drafted that you felt really good about, then okay with a couple of games left. But for Jarrett Stidham, when yeah. you're still – Still the playoff chase. Yeah, you're still in the mix of this thing. I find it to be peculiar. I, I think it's a clear sign from the organization and Sean Payton that, I mean, obviously they're moving on. They're not going to keep Russell Wilson beyond this season. So whether that's to try and drum up some trade interest – to sort of put that out there in the ethos for people? I, I don't know. I, I just find it to be strange. I don't um I don't really I don't really truly know whether or not Russell Wilson has had a good season. And here's why. Because I'll see someone post his stats and I'm like, oh, those look pretty good. Right? Comparable to other people. And then as soon as someone posts their stats there's inevitably one of the film experts, NFL film guys that I follow. It's like, this is why fantasy football's bad for the NFL, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I mean, I, I haven't watched the Denver Broncos like I watched the Raiders. So, I, I mean, I, I don't feel like I have that informed of an opinion on how good or bad Russell Wilson's season has been. I, I don't feel like he's been the guy that led the Seahawks to the Super Bowl, but I also don't think he's been Jimmy Garoppolo in a, in a Raiders uniform. Right? I mean, it's it's somewhere in between. I bring it up as big story number five because the betting odds have come out for Russell Wilson's next landing spot. You want to take a guess on the number one team? This is according to sportsbetting.ag as a landing spot for letting Russ cook. The... It's not, it'll be... It would surprise you. It would surprise me. The uh, The Raiders... Raiders are actually the fourth choice on this list. Raiders are the fourth choice at seven to one. Uh, the Commanders, I guess, technically the Commanders, the Raiders are the uh, tied for the third choice at seven to one. The Patriots are the second choice at six to one. Atlanta, 
Minnesota. Whoa. At five to one. Falcons are at eight to one. That's a pretty good guess. Uh, the Seahawks are a long shot at thirty-three to one. Wouldn't that be funny? I had uh, I had seen a list yesterday that had Atlanta as well, the most likely landing spots. So. Listen, I, I and, and there's from the four four six nine and the four oh five that are laying out. Hey, they're not in the. If he gets hurt, the contract becomes guaranteed. Yeah, we saw that with Derek Carr last year as well. But the Raiders were out of the playoff mix. The Broncos are not out of the playoff mix. I mean, they they're seven and eight, so I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl this year. But they are easily a team that, with a couple of breaks, could find themselves in the playoffs. But with that said, maybe they view these last two games as more of an opportunity to increase their draft position than they do to try to make a run for the playoffs. And it is Sean Payton's first year, so maybe he's quickly identified that Russ Wilson ain't that guy. Boy, he is. to me, I think he's made him... They made him the scapegoat. Or, as many of you like to say, the escape goat. Yes, he is an escape goat. Broncos right now sitting at 7-8 and eight, would have the 14th pick in the draft. They lose their next two games. They finish at 7-10. and 10. They would probably have them maybe, maybe as high as 8. So, eh, it's a difference between six, play- uh, how, six spots in the draft. How would you characterize this season for Denver? Um, confusing? Because... You know, there was this stretch where I thought that they might end up with the number one pick in the draft. When they got 77 or what, 70 put on them by the uh, by the Miami Dolphins, like I kind of thought. week two or week three. Yeah, week three. I was like, oh, my gosh, they're terrible. And they were a one-in-five football team. But they won five straight games after that, including a win over at Kansas City. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, hey, speaking of the NFL, big story number four. Number four. Um, I don't know how much I care about the Jets-Browns game tonight, but did you know that the Browns are still in the mix for the number one seed in the AFC? <laughs> it is – it's insane. And it's honestly – it's honestly not as wild of a scenario as you might think. Now, we get into Scenario City in the Browns-Jets game tonight. We're not going to see Aaron Rodgers, right? But here, here, is what, here is what you need. They need Baltimore to lose out, which is pretty unlikely. Right, uh, and Baltimore's final two games are what, Miami and Cincinnati? No, it's, it's Pittsburgh. Which okay. that's that's the part that makes it Miami okay. Obviously they could lose that one, but right. Pittsburgh, it's uh, man, that's tough to see. But carry but, on. Okay, so he, but here it is. Browns win their last two games. The Dolphins beat the Ravens in Week 17, uh-huh. and then lose to the Bills in Week 18. And the Ravens lose their last two games, which are the Dolphins and the Steelers. And, and now, the Steelers make, would be potentially fighting for a playoff spot, so they'd have, you know, a lot of marbles on the line. Now, I want to make this very clear, all right? I want to make this very clear. I am not telling you that I think the Browns are going to be the one seed. They almost lost to the Bears two weeks ago. <laughs> Joe Flacco, while everyone is losing their mind, like Joe Flacco. He's thrown seven interceptions. Now, I know there's ten touchdowns to go along with him, but seven interceptions in three games, and two of those are pick sixes. So I don't think that I would be getting too carried away with it. But it's just it's a wild scenario. And 
if the Lions beat the Cowboys, do you know Detroit's in a spot where they could be the one seed? You think people's minds are blown in trying to accept that Kansas is a good football team. Can you imagine the Lions and the Browns as the one seed in the NFL playoffs? <laughs> it would be uh, pretty wacky, that's for certain. I don't think I would feel very good about it. The, but the Lions less so, but uh, the Browns definitely. Right, right, right. Oh, don't get me wrong. Uh, and the Lions have been a pretty pretty decent team. They're good. Throughout a majority of the season. One of the great turnarounds possible. But the NFL weekend truly starts tonight with that much-anticipated Trevor Simeon versus Joe Flacco matchup. You just ruined Jets it. Versus Browns. The Jets are definitely going to win tonight. <laughs> All right, big story number three. Number three. Josh, did you know we have bowl games going on right now as we speak? As we speak? As we speak, unless ESPN.com is trying to trick me once, you, oh, once again, which has happened before, um, after the rain game that we had yesterday, you have SMU and Boston College who are playing each other at Fenway Park in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl with 3.07 left in the first half. Boston College leads it 10-7. to seven. Coming up at 1 o'clock at Yankee Stadium, it's Rutgers in Miami. And then at 4.45 this early afternoon slash evening, it's North Carolina State and Kansas State in the Pop-Tart Bowl. Last night, I was kind of in on the Bulls. I stayed up. I watched Oklahoma State hold off Texas A&M 31-23 at NRG Stadium. Also, USC... I don't I don't know if this dude is going to be their starting quarterback next year. I don't know much about this Moss guy, but he, he made Louisville look pretty pathetic uh, through six touchdown passes last night as USC beat U, uh, Louisville 42-28. to I was throwing off because that game was on Fox. I didn't know Fox still did bowl games, Josh. It was <laughs> It was pretty fitting that the fourth down stop that USC got, they only got because the receiver fell down. <laughs> He fell down. He was he could have walked into the end zone. He was wide open in the flat. And as he's trying to, I don't know, walk, he stumbled over his own feet and went down. Uh, also in bowl games yesterday, West Virginia beat North Carolina 30-10. to And Virginia Tech in an absolute rain deluge, toad strangler, whatever you use, Virginia Tech beat Tulane 41 to 20. All right, big story number two. Number two. Porter Moser's crew is in action tonight. That is a 6 o'clock tip. 6 o'clock tip for Oklahoma and Central Arkansas. And and then, and then, we start conference play for the women this weekend. I don't know much about Central Arkansas, Josh, except uh, they had a really good softball team this year. So I don't know what to expect for the for the Sooners showdown with Central Arkansas, but I I do feel like it's been a minute since I've had Oklahoma basketball in my life. Uh, in fact, what the last time we actually saw the Oklahoma Sooners play a play a basketball game? How far are we going back here? Was uh, it week uh, in a day? Yeah, yeah, it was eight days ago when they lost to North Carolina. So they've got two games in the span of three days tonight against Central Arkansas, who comes in. At three and ten on the season, three and ten. 
If you missed Porter Moser, he was on the T-Row in the Morning Show. You can find it on our podcast page right now at kref.com, which gets us, of course, to the Alamo Bowl and big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Let me, at the very least, provide something here of content for the uh, Alamo Bowl tonight. The, um, the press conferences yesterday I thought were very uh, informative. Brent Venables was asked about Jackson Arnold and what he's seen from the Sooner freshman quarterback in anticipation of his first collegiate start. Yeah, Jackson, again, um, he's been around the game, you know, since he came out of his mama's womb and been throwing the, you know, the, the ball around since then. But he's, he's got a great um, demeanor to him. I think uh, when I was a young coach, I thought the, the quarterback had to be like the middle linebacker and uh, rah-rah and emotional and as a – Became a little, and after I coached Sam Bradford on the scout team, uh, who later became the number one pick in the draft, I learned quickly as I tried to get Sam to do it like I wanted him to do it. Maybe his way's better. And uh, but you know, very cerebral, uh, consistent, same guy every day. Puts the work in. Just a uh, you know, fantastic teammate. You know, very highly recruited, very well thought of. Um, yet there's no entitlement whatsoever uh, with Jackson. You know, he's got. Uh, the instincts that you want him to have, the poise, whether it's his ability to climb in the pocket, you know, his patience, trust the guys around him, throws guys open, you know, throws with great anticipation, has all the, the skills that you, you want a guy to have. But um, you've watched him, you know, have, you know, in, in his backup role, he might have two or three bad practices uh, where you're like, ah, boy, you leave a little bit to be desired. Um, not as much of an opportunity as what he has now. Now, if he had a, a bad play, you know, he doesn't have a bad series. If he had a, a bad series, he doesn't have a bad day. And, you know, he's quickly able to regain his composure and, and, uh, and you know, uh, not let, you know, a bad moment really affect him. You've seen that, you know, happen throughout the course of the season, but especially during the, these, you know, last several practices. And then overall for this defense from Jackson Arnold, you know, I've – it's unique because for Arizona, they, they haven't really seen him. So Jed Fish was asked about, all right, well, what do, uh, what, what do you think of Jackson Arnold more specifically? What do you think of Seth Luttrell and what this offense might look like? You know, I, I've known – I met Coach Luttrell a couple of years ago um, when he was the head coach at North Texas. But, uh, you know, it's, it provides a great challenge because when you look at their offense and you look at statistically where they were with Coach Levy and with Dylan. Uh, you see probably one of the best five offenses, uh, not even probably, one of the best five offenses in the country. And now you're sitting there and you're you're trying to make a determination on when you're game planning an a, a offense with a different quarterback and a different coordinator. And um, now Coach Luttrell has called plays, and, you know, you can go back and chase. You know, you say, oh, well, at Indiana, what did he do? And, you know, when he was at North Texas, what did he do? When he was at Arizona, what did he do? But at some point in time, you just have to play fundamental football, and you have to just believe uh, in what you see, and you have to say there's going to be certain principles that his lineage, you know, will bring. And then there's also, um, you know, it's three weeks, and how much are you going to change in three weeks? So it's that fine line of chasing ghosts, which all of us can do in the coaching profession and, and try to find, you know, well, what if they do this, and what if they do that, and what if he changes this, or we have to say, hey, we need to line up the formations. We have to line up quickly. We have to be prepared uh, for 
you know, this, a system of offense. And now we have to defend a quarterback that we haven't seen a lot of, but we know how talented he is based on high school recruiting and the games he's gotten in, and a coordinator that has always done a great job wherever he's at. And we know it's a great challenge. Yeah. All right, there's your top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino. Let's tie up some loose ends, and let's hear more from the players. Drake Stoops, and let's hear more from you. We'll roll through the text next right here on Home of Sooner Fans. Did I, did I tell you guys yesterday that I ran into Coach Casso over the holiday weekend? You did, yes. Did I mean, okay, okay. I always make things uncomfortable. That's kind of my, my thing. But I, I did... Because on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, the 918 asks, been a hot minute, how's Love's Field coming along? Coach told me, she said, when we get through the holidays, call me, I'll take you over there and show you around. So I called the next day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I called her then as soon as I got home, and I said, Coach, I know it's dark out, but let's go look. So I'll, uh, I'll report back to you. When do you think is too early? Get past the new year. Maybe the second week of January, right? Coach, let's go. Show me around. Let me let me start fixing up my radio suite. <laughs> suite, notice, Josh. Not radio booth, radio suite. Uh, from everything that I have been told, it is on schedule. That's so exciting, and, man. And, in fact, this wasn't from Coach. Uh, I, had, I had some intel that it was actually a little bit from where the roller coaster has been on the target, it was it was kind of a little ahead of schschedule in some instances. But it looks cool. If you haven't had a chance yet to drive down Jenkins uh, and and give it a give it a look, it's really it's really wild. In fact, you know what? I got to swing by the station before I go to the airport. Just for you, my friend, I will drive by and. Give it one more look. Maybe I'll try to give me a hard hat and a neon vest, and I'll just walk in there like I'm a, like I'm a, uh, like I'm one of the foremen. Hey, Johnson, what's going on over here? Because there's always got to be some guy with the last name of like Anderson. Or, no offense, Trev Smith, but always someone right, right, Smith. Hey, Smith, what's going on down here on the right field corner? What are we doing over here? Take me over there and show me. And uh, someone just give me some old Oakley shades, right? I'll, I'll look like a foreman. I'll just walk around there like I know what's going on. Hey, where's Martin at? Uh, but uh, Martin, yeah, thank. Who, who are you talking about? Martin hasn't like, worked well, for I, us for years. No, no, no. I, I'm in. I'm in Samson. Samson is he still here? I need to talk to Samson. <laughs> all right. Um, before we get to the Kenipamar Chevrolet text line, all and I mentioned I wanted to get a little bit of, of Drake Stoops uh, in the middle of all the uh, press briefings drake stoops met with the media yesterday and was asked about the full circle moment of having been here at the alamo bowl two years ago and his dad was the coach and now coming back for his final collegiate game yeah i remember sitting here two years ago and it's good to be back um hopefully we'll be back at the end of the game as well and uh yeah i've just been working year in and year out um trying to be a better player really every day and um you're never too old to continue to learn and continue to grow, and I feel like that's what I've done over the last two years, and hopefully I'll be a very different player stepping into the Alamo Bowl this year than I was two years ago. And, uh, Drake, against some of y'all's uh, better intentions or at least ideas, has been impressed with what he's seen, what he's seen from the Wildcats. They're very disciplined. Um, they definitely know 
where they're supposed to be and how uh, you know where their help is and how they can complement each other and their schemes. And um, I mean, yeah, they just. I mean, they play sound, they rally to the football, they play hard, they're real strong inside, and on the back end, like I said, they're disciplined and they're all, um, you know, really kind of playing together. And so you got to pick and choose when and where to attack. And then uh, two other quick ones here from the players, Josh. I've noticed this narrative, and I think it's kind of cool. Uh, it started with the with the Oklahoma guys, the beat writers, and then it's – and I think even Ethan Downs helped lay the foundation for this. There are only – Two, wait, hold on, that's incorrect. There's only a handful of dudes that are left from that 2021 recruiting class, and two of them spoke on Wednesday. One of them, Billy Bowman, who made the decision to come back and how kind of that's been a motivating force, right? Because he, Ethan Downs, Danny Stutzman, who am I leaving out from that 21 class? There's only a handful of guys that are even around, and, uh, it's something that matters to Bowman. What they say is right. Once you when you come in when you come into college, uh, the same people are not going to be there when you leave. Um, but being here, um, it shows the loyalty we have uh, for this school, for this program, uh, for these teammates and coaches. Um, but just going into my senior year, you know, obviously I want to finish out on the right note on my junior year uh, with this last game we have. Um, but going into my senior year, man, it just went by in a blink of an eye. Um, just yesterday, I feel like I just came in early to spring ball and, you know, was going through spring ball and fall camp, then, you know, started my freshman season. But uh, now that I'm starting to head into my senior season, I just feel like, um, you know, it's big time to be able to be recognized uh, and be chosen to be up here as a leader of this team. Uh, I'm just going to continue to keep doing my best and whatever I can. Oh, yeah, Farouk. Sorry, how can I forget Farouk? That 2021 recruiting class. Did we do this bit already? I think we did this bit already, didn't we? It's got a Heisman Trophy winner in it, Caleb Williams. Yes, it does. Have we heard anything about where Mario Williams is going? I haven't, the... no. Oh, okay. Biggest disappointment from the 21 recruiting class. Savion Bird, Isaiah Coe, Bowman Farouk, Kev... Kelvin Gilliam Jr. was a four-star. That never really panned out. Mont Harmon, Latrell McCutcheon, Caleb Williams. Uh, I I noticed that Nathan Rollins Kabange was back in the portal again. Mario Williams, Clayton Smith, Stutz, Jordan Mukes, Colin Montgomery, Ethan Downs, and Cody Jackson. And I still don't know if Cody Jackson ever played a down of football for the Sooners. So That's an interesting list. <laughs> and the only ones remaining from it in what would be a senior class coming into 2024 for most schools are Stutzman, Billy Bowman, Jalil Farouk, and Ethan Downs. And that's it. That's wild. Bowman, Stutzman, and Co. I mean, that's that's about what you got out of the class. Well, don't don't leave out Ethan Downs. Ethan Downs. Yeah. Ethan Downs. Jalil Farouk. The, the those names. Which, you know, I, I don't know what the percentage would be. I mean, you'd like to bat fifty percent or better in a, a signing class and You'd like even more than that, but I don't know what would traditionally comprise what we would describe as a, a good or great signing class. This certainly doesn't seem like it would fit that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, by the way, uh, Ethan Downs on that. Yeah, it's an honor to be up here, like Billy was saying. Um, we've seen a lot of different coaches, and we've been a lot of different places, and the expectations have always been the same because that's what he's about. 
Um, so we, we know the standard, we know how to uphold it, and uh, we know what OU means because, like Billy said, we picked it from the beginning, and we've been here, we've stayed here through all the chaos and all the craziness <laughs> of the last three years, and now we're able to build it up as uh, chosen leaders by our peers. You know, That was an honor. It wasn't a coach's choice. We, we picked a toll as a locker room who uh, we want the leaders to be, and uh, when they said it was us, when I was chosen part of that group, I teared up, started crying. I was like, man, this is, this is an honor because this is stuff I dreamed about as a kid. So getting to live that up, make the most of it, uh, you know, why not? Why not be a leader? Why not try to chase every dream and every goal and give it our very best? So that's what we're doing. That's what we're here. This is what's in front of us, attacking this week head on, and uh, this is a championship. we got to win. Two things. Number one, is this the first game of the Brent Venables era that Oklahoma has played with permanent captains? I think it is. Because he nev- we, they never named permanent captains last year. We kept waiting for it, and they talked about some of the things they had for them. They're going to wear crimson jackets, and it just never really materialized. And then number two, Shep brings up an outstanding point, and I hate myself that we didn't do this on the show the last two days, Josh. Who's a player, you know, I love the X Factor, but even beyond that, who could be a breakout player in this bowl game? Two years ago in the Alamo Bowl, it was a breakout game for two guys. One of them, Eric Gray. Eric Gray turned it into a really nice really nice 2022 season, one of the top ten rushing seasons in OU history. And that was coming off an absolute heartbreak when he had the fumbled punt against Oklahoma State, right? Oregon bowl game, breakout at the Alamo Bowl. Do you know the other guy that really broke out in that game? Shep brought this up. Jalil Farouk. Farouk in 2021, what was he? Oh, he was the guy that came from the same area, same high school as Caleb Williams. Didn't really know what to expect from him. I think he was injured. Do you know how many catches on the season he had going into that Alamo Bowl? Yeah, it wasn't a lot. One. <laughs> he had one catch. And it came in, tri- in garbage time. Uh, in a win over oh, – it came not actually, actually garbage time. They almost lost to Kansas that year. It came late in the game against Kansas and Lawrence. Three catches for 64 yards, including that 30-yard bomb. And now he is – you know, you think about going into the the SEC next year, and from, every, I, and from everything I've heard, he's back, right? There hasn't even been a question by anyone about Jalil Farouk, so I, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm assuming he's back. You have him and Andrell Anthony. You hate losing Drake Stoops, but you might be able to slide a Jaquez Pedway in that slot. You know, Gavin Freeman has, has done some night. I know he had struggles this year and everyone turned on him, but you actually feel pretty good about the receiving core. And it really all started for Farouk in San Antonio in 2020, Josh, uh, 2021, Josh. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And we'll see with uh, this being Drake Stoops' final game, probably Jaquez Pedway. We're not going to see a ton. Mm-hmm. Of uh, I wouldn't think, right, in this game. So that would be uh, maybe a breakout wide receiver candidate you'd be looking at. Well, who else uh, wide receiver-wise could come out and make a bunch of plays in this game? I wanted to adjust. Yesterday we were talking about guys that we need to, we want to see something from in this game. And I admit, yeah, I want to see something from Tawi Walker. Just, you know, the final potential game for the Sooners, and I want to see him shine. Josh, I wanted to adjust that to this very, very simple who I want to see something from. You ready? Yes. Every single wide receiver. 
but more specifically, who has who has Jackson Arnold already developed something with? It, I don't know how many reps he's been getting leading into the bowl week of practice, right, or bowl month, I guess I should say. But whom has he already developed a rapport with? That's a good point. Right? Um, so, you know, may, maybe it is a Jaquez peddling. Maybe it's a Jaden Gibson. But when you – maybe it's a Brennan Thompson. I don't know. Everyone loves Brennan Thompson's speed. I don't know what those reps have looked like. I don't know who he's really started to jive with in practices or in workouts or even leading into this last month. But I kind of – that's what I want to find out. Is there a dude? Or is it just that he's able to adapt and now that he's been able to throw more to Stoops and to uh, Jaleel Farouk and even Nicky Anderson, maybe that's something to where it just – it clicks. It clicks. I don't – we got a break, don't we? We're really – why do I keep doing this? We were right on time to take a break, and then I started playing audio. Maybe I'll figure out this radio thing at some point. All right, quick break. Your texts are next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, live from Cavens. Mopping roofing and construction. They got you covered, Oklahoma. Give Bob Moppin and his team a call, 405-703-3843. Of course, Moppin Roofing and Construction. They're bringing us hour number three, as always, right here on the Plank Show. Counting you down. It's uh, our final game day. Can you believe that? Of 2020. Every time you say that, it kind of hits me in my feels. This is it, man. This, uh, this is, is it. it. Final game day of 2023. Now, wow. how about this? I, I will... Uh, Give you some positivity. How about this? All right. Final uh, game as a member of the Big 12. It's over. To the SEC we go. Does that Let's does go. that do anything for you? Um. Yeah. Yes, it does. It makes me very excited about next year. The uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Uh, not on a show topic for us, but Roger in L.A., I feel I need to address. Why are you all not taking callers anymore? I think the show loses quality without caller interaction, at least for a couple of hours per day. Roger, uh, we've taken multiple phone calls this yeah. morning. Wait, what show are you listening to, Roger? I um, I would say to that, how many people do you truly call in a day? It's just, it's changed. Listen to, people are able to interact on social media. They're able to interact on um, the text lines. I mean, I... I love a good old-fashioned phone call, but to me, it's kind of dinosaur. It's kind of antiquated, unfortunately. Now, mm-hmm. are there times whenever we can go wall to, uh, I mean, balls to the wall, wall to wall on them? Sure, absolutely, and we'll do that. But and and then let's just be honest. I mean, to be clear, there's just not a, there's not a ton of people making calls anymore. You don't want to sit, you don't want to sit on hold and wait for twenty minutes, thirty minutes. And I would say too, there are a couple of uh, just for. <laughs> Peel the curtain back. I'm not going to answer that phone when we're doing the top five. <laughs> when we're doing the top five stories of the day, I will not answer that phone. We're not so doing that. If you're calling in, I'm sorry. That's just, there's certain times where yes, I will not answer the phone. So, uh, but it's not. It's not because uh, there's some designed uh, play here to not take college anymore. That's that's not yeah. what we're doing. Though some, uh, by the way, in our audience wouldn't mind us uh, going that route. Yeah, I mean, come on. Do you not see, do you not hear Sooner finish his text? I don't think that man has been happy with a caller we've taken in uh, two years. <laughs> in eons. <laughs> All right, where do you want to go next? Boomer Bowtie. I, I want like to see the coaches dare Jackson Arnold to overthrow Thompson. I mean, it hasn't been done yet. Dude. If 
there is one thing that we do know. Jackson Arnold has the ability and capability to overthrow receivers. I mean, he can. We saw it, unfortunately, at BYU with Nick Anderson. Um, I, I don't need to see the long ball to feel better. I know it's going to be a part of this offense. I want to see how the protection is going to handle things. Rewind a year. The offensive line heading into the Florida State Bowl game was an infinitely worse situation than the offensive line that's heading into this game. Right? Uh, and they did a really good job. A really good job. Now, as the game progressed, the Jared Verses of the world, that Florida State defensive line, they were able to they were able to wear things down and they ended up quote unquote winning in the end. Oklahoma at least tonight. You still have Jared uh Jared Rouse. Who is that? Uh Walter. you still have Walter Rouse. <laughs> Jared Rouse. That was, I, I I now dub the Jared Rouse starting right. left tackle for Oklahoma. They got Rouse back. Everett's a more natural center. You've got Jacob Sexton, who started the last two games at right tackle. McKay Matoyer has played. And even though I hear he's a little dinged up, but who isn't this time of year? So I'm not as worried about tonight and the offensive line as I was 365 days ago. First-time texter here yeah. out of the 479. We love uh, first Is that Wichita? Time. Uh, that is uh, Arkansas. Oh, okay. Northwest uh, Arkansas, I believe. Can we start a petition six hours before the game that – says Jackson Arnold's first play from scrimmage has to be a 60-yard bomb. Joking, of course, but I'd love to see them let him uh, let it loose right off the bat. Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that. In a completely nerdy thing, but really what this show and this station is all about, I don't think it's going to be an indication of what next year is going to look like. Um, but I do want to see how that offense is called. I want to see, and I, I'm assuming, because I, I, I know next year Seth is going to call plays. I'm assuming Seth is calling the plays in the game tonight too, and we'll know where he is. I, and I'm assuming that Seth is going to be in the booth and that Joe John's going to be down on the field. These are assumptions, right? Um, but I want to see how the game's called. I want to see if that's different. I, I agree. Would I love to see that deep shot, 479? You bet. Why not, right? I just thought. But I don't need to see that. I want to see what the rhythm, what the flow, and how different it's going to be. Guys, if there is one thing that we can't deny, there were times when Oklahoma, when Levy would be in a rhythm, and you're like, okay, this is this is what it's supposed to be. And then that was Levy with Dylan Gabriel. Now, uh, Levy, excuse me, Dylan Gabriel. Um, I, I, I want to see what that's going to look like tonight because – I heard Teddy say this the other day. I don't know how much tempo we're going to have, Josh, but tempo is something that Arizona has struggled with all year long, and I just want to see what that. I want to see what that looks like. Sure, I'll be curious. I'd I'd love to see as much as they can thrown on Jackson Arnold's plate tonight. But you say you're curious the way the game's called. I'm with you. Right. I'm curious how much freedom. Jackson Arnold has immediately tonight. I hope it's quite a bit because, look, this is an opportunity for him to grow. Uh, I'm also – I want to see him stay healthy. I don't want to see him get hurt. Well, there you go. No <laughs> doubt. All right, pick your favorite. Last text of the day. Which one's the one – which one's the go-to here, Josh? JT from Norman. People need to chill. Win or lose, this is a good year. They forget we lost to Kansas in the 70s and won a natty, and that wasn't a good Kansas team. <laughs> it's just – hey – 
there is a a decade or a, not a decade. There's years and years of futility tied with Kansas football. And for some, the fact that Oklahoma lost to them is never going to be forgiven. All right, we got a break. Primrose Funeral Services. Final thoughts are next as we put a wrap on a Thursday edition of the Plank Show right here on The Wrap. Water flooding your business, fire damage that needs to be cleaned up, or the always devastating and dangerous mold affecting the environment for your customers or employees or your family. Call Cavens today at 405-573-3048. It's time for our final thoughts. Brought to you by Primrose Funeral Services. Pre-plan your memorial service. Take that pain, ease that suffering for your loved ones. PrimroseFuneralServices.com. Josh Helmer, what kind of game you expecting tonight? Who's a player you're watching? What's the final score? Lot, lot packed in there. Sure. Lot to unpack. I think it has been an injection of life of sorts into Oklahoma, the fact that Jackson Arnold is going to start this game. Now, not that, that I'm not trying to – any sort of a slight toward Dylan Gabriel. I just think that Dare not you. just for us as fans, I imagine for that team, this has been an exciting bowl preparation, getting him ready to go play this game. And I think they want to win for him. I do expect there to be points tonight. And I just think Oklahoma is going to find a way to win this thing 34-27. I, I cannot wait to see how the game is called. We haven't talked a lot about the defense. I want to see how they look now that they're healthy. Were the post, I'm sorry, were the late season swoons, the problematic run fits, were they a product of injuries or did teams figure out a better way to attack them? And if that's the case, Jet Fish has had a month to drill into how he can attack this with different and unique approaches to the run game i think it's going to be a fun game tonight i'm gonna take oklahoma to win the game i think they're gonna do it by double digits and i think we're gonna be having a fun conversation about how exciting the future is for jackson arnold if they lose and if jackson arnold struggle struggles i'll be taking tomorrow off uh you all have a great rest of your thursday great job josh i'll see you tomorrow we'll be at riverwind casino for the show tomorrow that's where Steelman lives, and he's coming up next with the legendary Parker Thune. Thanks to Gary Cavins for having us out on a Thursday on the Plank Show.